Hello and welcome to Unapologetic with me, Robin McNeil, identity coach and mentor for coaches. This is the podcast for the entrepreneurs with the complex mind as we pick apart the intricacies of running a successful business. Enjoy conversations with incredible guests from around the world. And of course, you'll get to hear my inner bitch firsthand as I dive headfirst into the topics we often shy away from. Ready to be unapologetic? Let's go. It's a little bit harder for women already to stand out. There's a gender pay gap. There's all these things that are not working in our favor. But when it comes to women of color, the situation is even worse, right? And one of the reasons why I was eager to leave the corporate world is because, you know, I didn't feel like I was seen or heard. And when I moved into the coaching space, I felt really excited about the opportunities, right? Today on Apologetic, we're talking to Reem Benchar. Reem is a business coach and marketing strategist. She left the corporate world after working for multiple Fortune 500 companies because of the lack of diversity and support for women, and especially women of color in the workplace. She ended up launching her business by using her marketing skills to teach women and women of color how to grow their own online business, which felt more fulfilling and aligned with her purpose. Welcome, Reem. How are you? Hey, Robin. I'm good. Thanks. How are you? I am doing so good. I love Fridays and it's sunny here finally. Yeah. Where are you based, by the way? I'm in West Kelowna in the the west of Canada, just a little bit above Vancouver. So it's a mountain valley lake town and we can go from like minus 40 in the winter with wind chill up to like plus 45 in the summer. So, and that's Celsius. So for all my American friends, like it's what, minus 20 Fahrenheit to like 110. So quite a range of temperature here. <laughs> Did I tell you I'm Canadian? No. I'm from Montreal. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, hello, fellow Canadian. <laughs> okay. So what brought you down to the U.S.? Um, mostly my husband, (laughs) um, we moved from Montreal. Uh, I mean, he moved first, then I followed, uh, he moved for work to New York city and I had met him, I think like just not too long before. And he was like, yeah, so by the way, I'm probably going to move to the U S and I'm like, Oh God, really? (laughs) But then he said New York city and all that. I'm like, Okay, that could be a good opportunity. So I ended up moving a few years later, um, but now I'm I'm in Florida now with him. So, so you're getting the sunshine right now and the warmth. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> this is great. I don't miss Montreal for for during that time during winter. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, the only time I've been to Montreal is in the winter. But it was still like one of those cities where as a visitor, you're like, this is so beautiful with all of the lights and the old buildings. But yeah, I guess if you're living there day in, day out, it's, I mean, the same as here. Like we live in a valley and it's all cloud and anyways, but people come here all the time for the skiing. So they think it's great. Yeah, it's beautiful there for sure. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So why don't you tell our audience, you know, um, who you are, what you do and yeah. Yeah, so um, I am a business coach and marketing strategist, and I mostly work with women entrepreneurs and help them essentially automate their marketing online so that they can sell 
more high ticket offers without having to you know post daily content um or cold dm or do all these things that don't feel aligned for them and i'm a corporate dropout i spent 11 years or so in corporate in the corporate space and um that's pretty much what i do for a living and it's been absolutely fun and fulfilling um and uh yeah i'd love to work with other women and empower them and help them build the business of their dreams because we women deserve it yeah we do i think there is you're gonna speak to a lot of the the corporate dropouts they're like oh yeah that's me (laughs) i couldn't handle Mm -hmm. this anymore um so that's incredible and i i do a little bit later i'd love to just talk about your new program and what you're doing for people to uh, especially women to make sure that you get that work-life balance. So we'll definitely come back to that, but I think we're just going to get kind of right into this. Um, This, you had recently posted something that I think took a lot of bravery and courage to post, especially in this atmosphere. Um, And I immediately had to share it because I I 100% agree. But yeah, let's let's talk a little bit about the lack of diversity for women of color in coaching programs, in summits, for team members, um, everything. I'd love for for you to just explain that post and why it meant so much to you to put out there. Yeah, so um, I'm a woman of color, right? And I think... Um, When I look at my background and my experience, and I think a lot of women in general, but especially women of color will resonate with that, being in the corporate space, it's a little bit harder for women already to stand out. There's a gender pay gap. There's all these things that are not working in our favor. But when it comes to women of color, the situation is even worse, right? And one of the reasons why I was eager to leave the corporate world is because, you know, I didn't feel like I was seen or heard. And when I moved into the coaching space, I felt really excited about the opportunities, right? I get to help other women of color. I get to create a business where there's diversity and inclusivity, And for me, it feels like it's just a normal standard thing. But recently, um, in the past years, and especially very recently, I did notice um, some coaches who really lacked diversity, whether it's in their team, whether it's in their coaching retainer, or whether it's in, you know, a virtual summit that they put together. And... I've noticed a lot of these things over the years, but I never felt strong enough or brave enough to share about it because I wasn't sure what people would think, what the reception would look like. And I decided to just speak my truth and create a post, essentially calling this out, right? Um, If you're an entrepreneur of some sort and you are creating a space and environment for people to join and come in unfortunately you know you want to make sure that this group is going to be inclusive and there is diversity and i'm seeing unfortunately because a lot of you know entrepreneurs and experts will not even think about that and 
I did feel the need to speak about it. I have been thinking about speaking about it for a long time, but I finally pulled the trigger this time recently and I created a post about it. Um, I got a lot of responses. I got a lot of private messages, lots of comments. So I know this resonated with a lot of other women in general, whether white women or women of color, um, which I really appreciated. And I was able to even have just a deeper conversation with, you know, a coach who I was really disappointed in because, you know, her virtual summit was essentially had zero diversity in the speaker's roster. So um, that's the background for the post. And that's why I created it. I love that you got a bunch of responses and that you honestly like had that bravery even to reach out to that coach because I think that's a really hard thing and but it's it's necessary I think we need to learn and we need we need to be called out and we need to do better I called myself out (laughs) recently when I took on a summit that I didn't think to ask because of the nature of the person who was running the summit and her proximity to people of color. Um, And I kicked myself for it because we got in there and then you got the graphics and the graphics were mostly white women. And it didn't even occur to me until one of my clients, who's a woman of color, said, this person has asked me to be in their summit. And I thought, oh, that's weird because I got asked months ago, (laughs) this isn't, you're just being asked now. And it took me a day or two to kind of put it together and realize that she needed to up the diversity of the summit and was now reaching out to women of color to be in that summit. And I felt so awful for my client who is being tokenized in that way um, because she's brilliant at what she does and she deserved to have been asked right away. You know, and I had to apologize to my client that I was a part of the summit and I've learned from this. It is embarrassing for me as a mother of a, a child who identifies as Indigenous. I don't think you should feel embarrassed at all. No. I think you live and you learn. Mm-hmm. I think the person that should be embarrassed is the person who organized this entire summit. Um, the conversation I had personally with that coach who organized a summit that had zero diversity was a good conversation because she was like, oh my God, how how did I miss that? How did that happen? I, do you think I should apologize? I was like, yes, do it. But there was so much ownership. And I think, you know, I will never say these are bad people. I think these are people that maybe need some, a little bit of more education, a little bit more support as they create that diversity in their space. Um, It it never should be an afterthought. It should never be the case. But I think as long as there's some openness for conversation, we're already making progress than if there was none, right? The fact that you're already so self-aware is already like puts you kind of ahead of most people out there that may not even realize or make it a priority or value this. I think that I think that's a really strong point to make though is that I think there's a lot of people who are just not aware because one of my friends was also in the summit and it 
didn't even cross her mind. And that's a problem that there's not that as a white woman, this isn't crossing your mind, especially if you're talking about having diversity in your programs and being inclusive in your programs. You absolutely need to know what's going on. And and yeah, sometimes we're going to fail. Um, I own it. I, I totally own it. Um, but without us going through this and talking about it, like we're talking about it here today, we're not bringing awareness to this. And I, I, I think the question that I want to ask is how can you help empower other black indigenous and women of color to speak up for themselves and, and to feel empowered to, to tell people I don't really like what I'm seeing and here is why. Because I think that there is a fear of so many things, of basically not being heard, not being seen, and being devalued in that conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I'm I'm a firm believer that you should speak your mind and speak your truth, right? I think that's super important. Um I think it's a little different. Again, I'm going to go back to my background, which is more of the corporate life where things are a little bit more rigid and, you know, you, you can't really speak your truth in a very blunt way. You have to be careful about what you say and how you say it. But even in that space, there has been so much more openness in the past years for people to kind of be able to open up and share their concerns about this kind of topic, right? There's conversations that are being had and there's just more openness from, you know, the top management and HR and all of that. So why can this happen in the coaching space? I think it can happen as well. And there's even, there's just, it's not as rigid. There's no, nobody telling you, trying to control what you can say and not say. So for anyone who identifies as, you know, a person of color, Black or Indigenous, you know, you should be able to speak your truth. I understand how sometimes it may not feel like a safe space. Like this person I talked to, this coach, I felt comfortable because I knew her. But there are others that I really didn't know as well. And I definitely held back. But now that I think about it, next time it happens, I will not hold back. This is the only way we can kind of make progress. It's for us to be able to say what we have to say, say it bravely, knowing that some people are going to be super open to have that conversation and some others will not. And being okay with that because we know we've done whatever we felt was right and we can move forward with no regrets. I love that. Moving forward with no regrets. That That's truly key because I think, you know, summits aside, being in a program and being the only person of color in a program is a problem and it's going to set off some alarm bells for you because I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, being alone makes you feel a little bit unsafe. Absolutely. Um, I like the topic of feeling safe in a group program, right? Or in a container or a group call. Um, that's really important because as you have develop this relationship with your coach, whether the coach is a business coach, a mindset coach, or any other type of coach, you want to be able to fully open up and be yourself. 
But if you are not set up in a way where you can do that, it definitely makes things harder and it makes you feel like, no, it's not safe to open up. And I have been in a coaching program where I was the only woman of color and I was one of pretty, pretty much one of the only women, right? Um, so that's, that's a different topic. And I felt pretty comfortable with that, but being a person of color in a space where most people aren't, I definitely didn't feel like I was fully myself. I didn't feel like I could open up about any, everything. And I also didn't feel like I had my seat at the table. So there were calls where that would go on for hours or an hour and a half. And I would not be able to ask a single question or say anything. Um, and I think in retrospective, you know, that coach leading is a great person, really nice, genuine person, but, you know, they just didn't create that space of safety where someone like me can really open up. So absolutely, especially when you're making a big investment, you want to be able to, to participate. So nowadays I'm much more careful about which programs I join and I would definitely recommend to anyone, any person who identifies as a person of color to really do their due diligence before they join a group program where they might be the only ones, mm -hmm. you know, who don't look like everyone else. That's a hard, it's a hard task sometimes because the way that the online industry works too, a lot of people don't share who's in those programs ahead of time. And you don't realize until you're in the room. And I think create more problems of are you are you sharing testimonials across the board? Are you are you sharing your values and your guidelines? Like that I think is actually key. And it was I had worked with somebody recently this year who wanted to create more diversity in their programs. And diversity not being my expertise, I definitely referred them to somebody who it is. But one of the things that we noticed was that she wasn't sharing or even really had put together community guidelines that make people feel safe to be in her programs. And I think it was definitely reflected in the diversity that she had. Absolutely. That, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I, I was just going to piggyback on that. Mm -hmm. um, you mentioned values. I think that's the most important thing, right? And when it comes to creating content, showing up on social media, sharing community guidelines and values, you can see already pretty immediately who is the person that is really creating that safe space for everybody and who isn't. Um, and I don't want to segue too far, but when it comes to online marketing, social media marketing, and just building your brand overall, it's so much more than the educational piece. Like the educational piece is great, right? Because people want to understand if you're an expert, an online expert, they want to understand how you can help them. But there's more to that. There's that nuance of understanding what this person stands for. What causes do they support? Which uh, values do they have? What kind of mission do they have? Looking at their testimonials, who are these people? Is there diversity? And right there, 
you can pull in more people into your world because you're going to have more people who are more aligned with your values and feel safer investing in you. Mm. So it kind of touches on the marketing aspect and strategy as well. You know, and that's why I encourage everyone to be, especially my clients, just being more raw and honest and speaking their truth publicly, which I know is really hard for a lot of people because, you know, we're people pleasers. We don't want to get any hate, any judgments. But ultimately, if some if some don't understand your values or don't really know what they would be signing up for from a value perspective and also feel safe, just to feel safe, then yeah, it's going to be a little harder to have more aligned people coming into your world. You know, I feel like this actually does kind of segue into another topic I know we wanted to touch on, but there's there's a lot of bullshit going on right now in the coaching industry. And I think, you know, um, where we can talk about this and talk about the industry and hope that it grows, uh, I think there's a lot of coaches or mentors or whatever they want to call themselves who really are valuing profit over people. And to be quite frank, they don't give a shit. I saw somebody recently um, and she had posted something about, I I don't want to give a PDF to you. Like watch my video and that's it. And it was because somebody in her her world had asked for a PDF or a transcription of the video because it's how they learned better. And she was just like, oh, well, then I'm not the coach for you. And it and and created this whole shit storm of like, I really couldn't give a shit with, of that anybody has neurodiversity. This is how I coach. Take it or leave it. Like shocking. It, it, it honestly was shocking and no apologies. It was just, oh, well, I guess I'm not the coach for, for you if you're neurodivergent. The reason why I've built my business to where it is today, because it's been growing really fast and I'm incredibly excited for what's to come, right? Like my business is growing and we're, we're, we're on track to hit a million dollars this year. So it's incredible. But the one attitude I didn't have the entire time is this. My attitude was always to understand what my clients needed so I can find these gaps and bridge them and make my programs and my offers better and better. So that kind of attitude is from that person is just, it's 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 unbelievable because you're essentially ignoring your audience's needs and you're like, no, that's not how I'm going to do it. Take it or leave it. When the reason why I like to say, you know, people over profit all the time is because you're here to serve beyond the money. You're here to help. And if you're already so closed on people's needs for them to be successful, I don't know how you can create a sustainable business. I really don't. So that's incredible to hear. I'm not surprised though, which is the sad thing. No. And I mean, this is a person with tens of thousands of followers too. And her followers didn't even drop that much after saying this. And like, that was disappointing to see after all of the people and the people that liked that post, people that I connected with and followed. (laughs) It's just 
okay, I guess I guess we can filter out some people, but it seems like a lot of the, a lot of people are getting called out. Uh, more and more we're getting big name coaches or mentors, people making multi-millions getting called out on their scammy programs. <laughs> you know, they're they're basically creating like a cult-like atmosphere for their programs. So I'd love for you to, you know, let me, like, what are you seeing? I'm seeing the same thing. I'm seeing a lot of uh, coaches getting called out, mm -hmm. multi-million dollar coaches being called out for having very fluffy programs. They charge, you know, 5K, 10K for, which is unbelievable. And I think the coaching industry is getting a really bad rep right now. Just from speaking with people who are coming into my world, I'm just seeing a lot of skepticism, a lot of hesitance, a lot of reticence to actually even just invest again, buy another program, buy another course. And I understand it's fair. It's super fair. And as a result, what I've been doing is just adjusting a little bit so that I'm giving them the, a reason to actually trust me and trust us by just building a stronger relationship, sharing social proof, um, giving them a behind a scene of, of my program so that they really understand what they're getting themselves into because we need that. We need to do better in the coaching industry. And that can't keep on going. I really hope a lot of these people are going to just, you know, get, you know, have justice, just take care of, whatever they've been doing, because this is completely out of integrity. And um, there's even a lot of coaches out there who think they're selling something good, but they're not. And they're not necessarily scammers or they don't, they're not doing it on purpose, but it's just, there's no innovation. They're selling the same stuff they've been selling for years. That's not even working anymore. And being in marketing and sales, especially in marketing on social media, like social media is changing all the time. Like the algorithms are constantly changing. There's always a new strategy, new platforms coming out. And if you don't keep up, you're just going to be left behind. But if you are left behind, you should not sell your stuff anymore because it's obsolete. So I'm getting a lot of these people, a lot of people that are coming into my DMs telling me, yeah, I paid five figure for this code just to learn how to send, you know, a hundred cold DMs a day. And I'm like, I need is... to find this coach. The wh Whoever is telling people to do this, they need to stop. <laughs> this. There's a lot. I know that. How long have you been in the coaching industry? Like, can we, can we tell people to ask better questions? <laughs> so if you're going to tell people to get in people anyways. Um, yeah. And it's, that's so unfortunate that you're still getting people because we've been in the industry for quite a few years, you start to think, oh, people are getting the picture now. They're not going to be working with these coaches. But I think, like you said, sometimes it's just really great marketing and they're selling the same old strategies. Yep. That's that's exactly what it is. I have um, this new client I just started working with. She literally said, yeah, I bought this course last time. And I'm like, the marketing was so good. I just went for it. I spent $4,000. And then when I opened the portal, I'm like, oh, fuck no. It's all 
old strategies that she knew, all this like scummy, these scummy strategies that nobody wants to apply in their business. Like nobody wants to chase people, send them cold DMs, follow up a hundred times, book, you know, 25 discovery calls a week. Nobody wants that. People want a more sustainable way to grow their business. But you bring up a good point, right? The marketing can be amazing. And then when you buy the goods, you realize, oh, right, that was not a good investment. Mm -hmm. And it's really disappointing because like you said, it's changing the way that people think about the coaching industry. And it it is making people be a little more um, cautious about investing. And there's so many incredible coaches and mentors who actually know their shit, who have come like us from a corporate background, have actual real world experience to add value to your business, to, you know, people with actual coaching certifications and coaching skills. And they're getting overlooked because their marketing isn't quite as good as this other person. Because at the end of the day, if you're not selling marketing marketing isn't your strategy it's not you know it's not the thing you're going to invest all your time in i'm going to invest more in my skills as a coach because that's my passion versus the marketing aspect of things so and i think this actually leads into what you're doing for clients because you are doing things a little bit differently with your clients so that they can focus on their skill set tell us more Yeah. So what I do is essentially, I help my clients automate their marketing and lead generation so that they don't have to post daily content. They don't have to chase leads. They don't have to even live launch. And the goal is really to get more predictability in their client enrollment and their lead generation so that they don't go through yo-yo months, right? A great month and then two months where nobody signs up and such. People need consistency because that's the only way you can grow a business. It's hard to grow a business when every month is unpredictable. So essentially we help them build their own custom automated lead generation system so that they can turn on the system, which is essentially a funnel, get leads mostly through paid ads, have these leads get nurtured in a way that is kind of automated so that they don't have to do it themselves and also uh, have these leads book a call with them or apply to their program. So this system is amazing because it allows you to get out of that constant wheel spinning um, process that you are going through if you're trying to post every day, post three times a day, be on social media all day long. Because as you said, right, if you're a coach and you're passionate about it, you shouldn't spend your entire days on marketing. That doesn't make any sense. So I use a lot of things that I've learned over the years from different mentors, but I also leverage my, my background, which is digital marketing. That's what I did when I was in the corporate world. So a lot of what I've been creating is based on skill sets I've been developing for a really long time. And that's been amazing, right? My clients have been seeing amazing results because they're allowed, they're just in this place where they're setting up everything for the first time. And then they're taking a step back and that system works for them. And it's really beautiful to see because they get to really kind of create more predictability and 
in their business in terms of lead generation, in terms of sales, cash flow, and such. So this is a little different than what I'm seeing in the industry. Um, and we do do a, cuddle, a lot of things that are more like done for you, which is nice because not everyone wants to deal with the tech <laughs> and yeah. all that fun stuff. Um, you know, but we have a tech team. I'm very techy. I've been doing that for so long. So why not, you know, offer that as well for them? So that's pretty much how we help our clients. Uh, I love that because I think even as a newer coach or a coach who maybe is making some money, but not enough to hire eight different team members, this sounds like a very easy option. Now I know if I was to say this to my clients, hey, check out what Reem's doing. The first question they're gonna ask is ads? Really? Why ads? Aren't they complex? Do they actually work? So I'd love for you to just touch on that because I've been dabbling with ads in the last year and I've seen how I think easy it can kind of be if you have the right formula. Absolutely. I think ads is something that terrifies a lot of people. And I understand why. Because when you think of ads from years ago, it used to be way more complicated to run ads. Nowadays, things have been a lot simpler. So it's not as terrifying or overwhelming. But I think the most important thing is that a lot of people went into ads, spent a lot of money in the past, not really knowing what they're doing or just by hiring amateurs to run their ads and they lost thousands and thousands of dollars. And honestly, mm -hmm. I have been there at some point. I At some point in the past, I had no clue what I was doing, but I recommend ads because if you know what you're doing and you have the right support, trainings, mentorship, you can make a lot of money even though you're running ads. So it's not necessarily kind of a negative thing. Mm -hmm. um, I just think there's a lot of fear around ads just based on what we've seen in the past, based on what these gur gurus are <laughs> have been teaching in the past. There's like very complex funnels. But in a way, the if I can say that, the way we run ads and funnels is a little bit more feminine, I would say, than like masculine, where it's simple, it's flowy. It doesn't require a lot of things, right? The funnel is very simple. You don't have to have 35 upsells or crazy copy. No, everything is really simple and flowy. But the method we use in terms of content and copy is where we're getting people to make mindset shifts and really um, change, have them change their perspective in a way that is not salesy, but that allows them to be drawn to us in terms of, you know, wanting to apply to work together or book a call and such. So I think there's a lot of demystifying to do around ads for sure. Mm -hmm. um, but they make our lives easier. And I think as a woman, um, we need that. We need more ease in our business because we have so much other shit to deal with on a daily basis. If you're a mom, if you're a wife, 
there's just so much more responsibility we'll have as a woman versus a man. And I don't want anyone to give up on their business because they don't have time for it. And this can help them just gain back more time. Mm. And I seriously love what you're doing. And I, <laughs> I've, I'm like, I should talk to her about this. I need to, we need to talk more about this. Um, because, you know, when you think about it this way, and then the way of demystifying the ads is if your ads can at least generate enough revenue to cover the cost of the ads and everything else is bonus, that's great. And if you have more time to do the things you actually love and not be on Instagram, which a lot of people are hating on right now, and this week has not been great, let's you know, let's talk about that Instagram. <laughs> um, we need to, especially as you grow your business, you need to find other ways to market. You really do. And you can't rely on the same old methods that used to work. And I think this is where this message comes from. I'm kind of diverting here from what I was originally going to say, but this is, the message is coming from older school hey girl marketers for lack of a better term who want you on instagram all of the time because that's what they teach and they're going to continue to tell you that ads are no good don't go to ads and yet you will still see them posting ads which i always find amusing that they're telling their clients don't do ads don't do ads and then they go and post ads um but what i was gonna say is not only is it gonna free up that time so you're not spending on here the one thing that i recognized was you know if i can bring in an extra let's say 200 dollars a month that covers cleaners to come to my house you want to bring in an extra four hundred dollars a month maybe i can get a food service like all of the other things that as women we put on ourselves or have put on ourselves because of society and societal norms we can be breaking free of those things too on automation and our free time or that extra time can be spent doing more things for us and i think that's the number one thing that women don't do is celebrate themselves take care of themselves and pamper themselves and so I know that this is actually a big part of your message as well. And I'd love to bring that back to you of, you know, who, who are these women that you're serving? The women I'm serving are blowing me away every single day because they're not just in it to make money and, you know, be rich. Like that's not their purpose. Their purpose is to change lives, which is incredible. Absolutely incredible. Every single one of them has a strong purpose, is really passionate about what they're doing. I have mostly work working with coaches. I'm pretty much working with coaches in general. I have a few consultants. I have a few ad agency owners um, and online course creators, but everyone has a really specific goal, mission, and you know, they're here to change lives. They're here to make an impact. They're here to create a legacy and they have big goals, which is really, really amazing. So it's been, it's been a ride. And, um, I did do a little bit of a pivot in the past year or so, because I had to update my entire program with new strategies. I went 
further into ads and I learned a lot. So I essentially created a lot of trainings and new content for my clients so they can learn from it. But, you know, that's the goal. The goal is to help these women, of course, change lives and create that impact, but also do it in a way where they're not burning out or, you know, spending their days on social media when they should be spending their time serving and helping others because they have that big mission. Um, So these are the incredible souls I work with, and I'm grateful for it every single day. So if you were to give them one piece of advice on how to live their lives more unapologetically, what would you say to them? I would say you can have it all. You can absolutely have it all. You can have the money, the wealth. You can have that purpose. You can make an impact. You can create your legacy. And you can still be a mom. You can still be a wife. You can still be someone who's going to be a you know, an amazing person and mother to their child, you can literally have it all. So do whatever it takes to make it happen. Follow your dreams without anyone, without letting anyone interfering with them. You're going to get some judgment. You're going to get people like doubting you and that's fine. It should not affect your journey because you're here for a reason and if you're clear on what that is you should go for it that's a beautiful message so for those women who want to go for it and want your help how can they find you you can follow me on instagram my handle is uh my coach ream so m-y-c-o-a-c-h-r-y-m and that's probably the best way to reach me just Follow me on Instagram and uh, you'll see other links if you want to join my newsletter or join my Facebook group. Uh, but this is pretty much where I hang out. <laughs> so funny after all of that, where we're like, oh, you don't have to be on Instagram, I think, for both of us. We're like, but that's where you can find us. <laughs> I mean, I still, go on in- I still go on Instagram and hang out. I don't spend my days there, but... Yeah. I like to connect with people there. I definitely love to be in the DMs, connecting with people, responding to messages. Um, that's how we connected. So Yeah, it is. Well, and in doing that, I think, well, or in automating the rest of your marketing, it makes it fun to go into Instagram and make those connections. So, hey, all the more reason to, to check out Reem's program. Thank you. <laughs> Well, thank you so much for being here. I truly enjoyed how raw and real and open and honest you were with us. And yeah, if you guys want to find her, I will put everything in the show notes. Um, She also has a wonderful freebie. So go check that out. Get into her world. Um, You don't want to miss what she's talking about because I think this is, it is going to change the industry and it's going to change it for the better. Thank you for having me, Robin. You've been listening to Unapologetic. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share it with others or leave a rating and review. Your reviews help more women to find this podcast so they too can be unapologetic in life and in business.